0: All right, welcome to Equal Time Soccer. We are here with two Gopher soccer players, Sadie Harper and Sophia Bowman. We are catching you at the height of your Gopher fame coming off your connection for the goal against Michigan State that broke a three game scoreless streak on the offensive end. So great to have you on the show, you guys.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: So this is. We were talking a little bit before we went live. This game was not broadcast. So mm-hmm. even, even someone like me, who's religiously trying to follow the game, mostly had to just kind of track stats online. But we did see at least one field level video that we got from a very helpful source that happened to be in Michigan with you all. But describe for us, people probably saw the video and we promoted the, uh, the show, but talk about the how the combination for the goal went. So Sophia, you were out on the wing. You served it in. Sadie, you were very diligent in continuing mm-hmm. to attack the ball. You got blocked once, but stayed after it and scored. But um, talk about how it felt to break that scoreless streak and just get on the board.
2: Yeah. I mean, so worked your butt off over there to go win it. And I was when I was watching the video, I was like, oh my gosh, I should have one time that in. But then when I got blocked, I was like, okay, okay, this is fine. And I just, like, had to take that touch wide and went in. But it felt so good. Um, We've been working so hard at practice, and we've been really, really working on, like, finishing and stuff. I mean, like, all the attackers have been staying, like, after coming early before practice to work on, like, finishing. Because obviously it hasn't been really going our way with that. Mm -hmm. So just, like, working on this stuff, like, everyone – I think we had so many chances in the game to score. So many. So, like, when Mm -hmm. I put that in the back of the net, it felt so good everyone was so excited. Did you yeah. see,
0: and did you see Sophia or Sadie, did you see the bench's reaction? This is, no. this is being, this is being prompted by someone else. i obviously, this is not like me setting you up for something. Did you see the bench's reaction? Someone, apparently it must've been something, but I, I literally don't know what they did, but I'm assuming they freaked out.
1: I, I did. I looked over and they were just like, Everyone was jumping around. It was kind of like a party over there. Yeah. I tried looking over there like last second too, like when everyone came crowding around
2: me, but everyone was jumping around. I saw the coaches hugging. I was like, Yes, let's go.
1: <laughs> it was like
0: it was like you guys qualified for the World Cup. Like it was just yeah, it was that really... level that level of intensity. Yeah. Well, and Sophia, we had you on the gopher season preview show, but that was really quick moving. I mean, there was a lot of folks churning through. Now you're and we kind of joked about how you had the longest freshman preseason of all time, you know, from, you know, all the way into winter and spring. But now you have a few games under your belt. You know, how has your comfort level changed, especially being able to test that on field communication and on field chemistry after spending so many months during the internal training stuff and thinking, okay, now I know where Sadie likes to run or now I know where, you know, players like to be. But now you're actually testing it full sided against other teams. How has that changed your comfort level just having a few of those games under your belt?
1: Um, I definitely feel like now compared to my first game, I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable. Cause like before our first game, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't really know what to expect. But I honestly think that the longer preseason was like really helpful because I think it made the transition a lot smoother. Like, I can't really imagine where it's like normal. You have like a week of preseason and then you're basically starting games. So I think like getting to play a lot in practice and just like getting to really click with all of everyone on the field, it's like really helped in the game. So I thought it went pretty smoothly, but still nerve wracking, but it's fun.
0: Yeah. Well, and Sadie, you, you know, you've been through all of last season. You're a veteran at this point in terms of, you know, the, you know, the system, you know, the coaches, you know, you're familiar Mm -hmm. with the campus, but you've also consistently played that role sort of off the bench, you know, you know, Sophia, one of the pressures you walk into is I have to start the game and no matter how it goes, you know, I need to set the tone, but Mm -hmm. Sadie, I've also thought that coming off the bench has its own challenges of, can Mm -hmm. I focus enough to get what I need out of, you know if you use it to your advantage, you can sort of see how the game's going and see where the weak points are and see what the yeah. other team is doing. Mm-hmm. But how, how has that changed for you as you've sort of gotten used to being this sort of impact bench player where, you know, are you now able, able to utilize that first you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes where you can see, oh, this is what Michigan State is doing in real yeah. life. and That's where my space will be.
2: Yeah, I mean like sitting on the bench and like watching um like as a starters i like go through I, it's it's really nice because i get to see like where the gaps are and where like obviously we're like because i think so kind of knows like where i like it i kind of like to make that like slashing run between like the two like center backs i kind of like to make that run so like if i can like like look at how like the center backs play and like how far apart they are from each other like really helps me like determine i guess like when the right moments are to get behind them but also like playing Because, like, I've been kind of playing, like, forward and, like, the side of, like, a diamond in our midfield. So, like, knowing that, like, Mm -hmm. I can take, like, that outside back, like, on one v one is also, like, helpful coming off the bench because I can see, like, what their weaknesses and strengths are. So, like, coming off the bench, it's, like, really helpful, I guess, just learning from the starters.
0: Well, and you you brought up the diamond. So I'm going to bring up, I'm going to like tease, tease coach Golan while she's not here. I, I texted her and I even put in my written piece, her level of mischief with like position descriptions and lineups is at this point, I think pretty famous, just straight up listing Patricia as a forward. And then she's an outside back and yeah. the four, the, the diamond, but it still kind of plays like the four, three, three. So for you, mm-hmm. for you both, you know, how big of a, how big of a change really was sort of this 4-4-2, but it still has a lot of the same principles. How big of an adjustment was that in terms of, you know, Sophia, you have been playing a little bit more out wide, a little wider than maybe um, like a pure central midfielder would, or, you know, with the two strikers, maybe the press works a little bit different, but how, you know, how different has it felt really from maybe the, the stereotypical four we're used to seeing from the Gophers?
1: Um, I guess this is like the only formation that I've like played here, like Mm -hmm. in a game. So it's felt pretty easy. And like, I think the, I think it works well with our team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I'd say.
0: Yeah. I mean, I said, and even in, even in that first written piece, I said, I mean, the, so many lineup choices to us as outside observers for that first starting lineup, Maddie Castro and I were looking at each other and like, whoa this is crazy to us and then of course when I talked to Meg last week she's like yeah I mean we'd been training that you know it's like it's only crazy to us to you all it's pretty normal Mm -hmm. Um, and so Sophia let's let's talk a little bit about kind of how how you both ended up at the U you're both Minnesota kids um, but Sophia you know you Um, You're from Medina. You're a multi-time All-American. I mean, I'm assuming with that level of attention, you were, you know, your recruitment started early, and Sadie probably the same for you. But so, you know, Sophia, uh, talk about sort of when did you first start thinking about playing at the next level? Because honestly, even recruitment, I think, starts so absurdly early, and you know, like eighth grade and stuff like that. So, when was the earliest point you remember thinking, "Oh yeah, maybe I can do this for college," and or "Oh, I see some other girl do it. Maybe I could do it," and then. You know, what point in that journey did Minnesota enter the picture?
1: Um, I can't really pinpoint a certain age. I mean, when I was little, I always wanted to just, like, play college soccer, or just, like, play soccer forever. And my older sister, who's six years older than me, played college soccer at University of South Dakota for a bit. So, like, I guess when she, um like, decided that she was going there, I was like, oh, whoa, that's, like, so cool. I want to do that, too. Um, but yeah. And then I think like the recruiting process then was a lot earlier than it is now, I think, cause I think they have a lot more rules now about like when you can talk to coaches and when you can commit and stuff. Cause like back then it was like end of middle school ish, I feel like was when it all started.
0: Right. So you were like, you were like 13 and 14 mm-hmm. and hearing from college coaches about where you'd play when you were like. 18 to 22. <laughs> yeah. but, well, and you and by the time your recruitment was going on like in earnest and you were actually sitting down with like your family or whatever and, and actually setting, okay, here are the ones I'm really considering, you know, by the time you have your list of even any chance that they had of actually getting you, you know, how big was that? Was that universe and sort of how did Minnesota come on top for you?
1: Yeah, I guess it was like a little bit over like, whelming trying to make my decision that early, because I'm like, wow, I'm so young. But at the same time, what really stuck out to me about Minnesota was I just, like, really had a fun time when I, like, visited there, and I could just, like, tell the team culture was really special here, and, like, now that I'm here, I totally feel that, too. It's just, like, really competitive, but still really, like, uplifting, and everyone's cheering each other on. So I would say like the team culture and also like the coaches probably stuck out to me the most here. And it just like made it feel like home Mm -hmm. before I was even here.
0: Right. And how, and when did you actually end up committing? Do you remember that? Like how late in the process or, you know, by the time you visited, does that mean that's into like sophomore year, like after sophomore year or how late, you know, how long?
1: uh, I think think it was freshman year when I committed, Mm -hmm. but I, I can't remember the exact date.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, that's wild. I mean, I, people probably get really bored of me saying how crazy that is because I say it every time. So I'm gonna stop saying it. But that that's absolutely crazy. It's it, you know for for other people who are not high level athletes that I'm assuming it sounds as crazy as it does to me. Like the pressure to, to like choose the right place and whatever. Um, Sadie, you graduated from Centennial. You grew up in Lino Lakes. I have to obligatory shout out to my in-laws. My wife went to Centennial. She grew up in Lino. So I spend an inordinate amount of my second second ring suburb time in Lino Lakes. So go Cougars. Shout out <laughs> to Centennial. Um, you were also a track star. You, you know, you're also uh, you know, a Minnesota, a Minnesota kid. But talk about your recruitment and sort of um How Minnesota played into that and you know sort of were there other places you were thinking of seriously and uh how competitive that got because I I like to think there's actually some points where the coaches are kind of stressing you know like feeling the heat of like oh no what if we lose her to Wisconsin or Iowa or whoever
2: yeah um so I was a ball girl I don't even know what age like really, really young age for the Gophers, I came here and like was a ball girl. And like ever since that day, I always wanted to go to the U. Like I always, always wanted to go here. And so I guess like from then on, like I really had my mindset on Minnesota. And so switching to MTA was really where I like Mm -hmm. got like all my like major looks. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I don't think if I would have gone to MTA, I wouldn't have like gotten the looks that I did. Mm -hmm. So switching to MTA really, really helped me Mm -hmm. with um, getting schools to like, look at me and just like getting my name out there. Mm-hmm. So, um, I committed sophomore year mm-hmm. and then I, me and my sister were package jail, So she committed actually in eighth grade, super, super early, <laughs> but, um, yeah,
0: yeah, this is, well, you are part of what will be like a little mini trend. There's going to be mm-hmm. sister vibes around this program a little bit. You, your oh, yeah. sister's coming in the fall. You mentioned Kaya, yeah. But also then shortly after you know, so Izzy came over as a transfer mm-hmm. from UNC and at the net I think it'll be one more year, but then her sister Amelia is coming in.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're
0: gonna have like there's gonna be serious sister vibes coming in. Sophia, oh, yeah. do you have do you have some younger sibling we don't know about? Like what's the
1: <laughs> No, both of mine are older, so
0: <laughs> this I mean I think I think like siblings have happened before just not in my exact time covering the team so we'll have to see how we take advantage of that Sadie. I don't know if it's like
1: yeah. rivalry
0: like off-field rivalry stuff we we go with but yeah. For sure. No,
2: I'm super, I'm super excited for Kai to come. I think she's really really excited too. So it'll be fun.
0: Well you now you'll you'll know all the ropes so you'll just be able to oh, yeah. it to her it's per- it's perfect every every oh, yeah. stereotype in the book well you and you're also a few years apart so i don't know how much you played together growing up right like it's you know it's it's easy to think of the college age when it's four mm-hmm. specific years apart that i'll play together yeah. but growing up you maybe didn't even play on the same team right
2: well in age we're only 15 months apart but years were two mm-hmm. years apart or two grades apart um, but Kaya's always she's always played up like on my team. So she's always like played up. So like we've always played together like high school club just until we switched to MTA, is, like when we stopped playing together pretty mm-hmm. much.
0: Well, I think we can credit you with her development then. She was you we can give you give you all the credit then she was playing up. So
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have a few so we have a few listener questions. One in particular is about just in general how you think being an athlete and both of you really like the time and investment you put into this year round is really really sort of a big commitment but in terms of how do you think that impacts sort of the way you approach other things in your life so you know having to do all of this like strict regimen and being committed and you know putting in the extra work how has that impacted sort of how you approach other stuff in your life do you think
2: well I mean like having like the worth ethic of being like a division one athlete, like it has to be high. So I think that like having that work work ethic, like that came from soccer, like really, really helps, like with school too. Cause like, you always know, like, if you want to do good on these tests, like you have to put in extra work and it, it's the same with soccer. If You want to be like the great, if you want to be like the greatest of your position, like you got to put in the extra work. So I think that just like rolls over to school and just like everything in life, honestly.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with Sadie. And I also feel like, I just feel like time management is really important. Just like balancing school and soccer and like becoming like better at that is always like important so that you have time for both of them.
0: Mm-hmm. And this, this next one is so specific that I'm sure you two may know right away who it's coming from unless unless a lot of people in your lives talk to you about cleats. So Sophia, when are we going to see your new black cleats in games? And Sadie, why do we not get to see your fresh white cleats in games? And my added comment on this is like one goal that you guys score together. And now you're doing a whole like opposites, yin and yang thing like you're already coordinating your cleats after one connection. What's going on here? Well,
1: was this from SJ? No. Oh, who's it from?
0: I can't reveal sources like that. I'm a very serious journalist. You guys know that.
2: (laughs) Okay. Well, I use my white cleats as my practice cleats sometimes, but like the blue, when I started practicing in my like white slash like blue cleats, I started playing better. So I was like, I'm just going to start wearing these in the game. So I started wearing those in the game because I was playing better than them at practice. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? They're my game cleats now. So they're my game cleats
1: yeah my cleats are my (laughs) cleats are really bright but it wasn't really a choice it's because like in the fall they gave us cleats but mine didn't fit and just like because covid there's a lot of back order problems so then i just had to go out and buy my own cleats but the only cleats that are like my style and i like like the tampa ones were like neon pink so then i just had to wear them all fall and they're still in like good enough condition so I'm just like keeping them going till they kind of fall apart.
0: It is I mean all jokes aside it probably is a little bit different like playing almost entirely on turf when you know during a normal season the the practice field at Elizabeth Law Robbie Stadium is sort of right next to the game field but both of them are just gorgeous immaculate grass. I mean just yeah. like they're they're honestly maybe the nicest like grass field I've ever seen in person. And so it is actually, a little. you're sort of used to practicing during the winter on the turf and in the field house and all that, but also playing games. Has that changed like the cleats you use? Do you use different cleats when you're out on grass or is it so short and well manicured that you're not running out like the heavy duty metal spikes? You're still using the molded plastic, same as turf, like all the same
1: stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't really ever like change cleats. I really, really like Tempo, So I just kind of use them for grass and turf just because I love them so much.
1: Yeah, me too. I know there's like certain cleats that are like grass cleats and then they have turf mm-hmm. cleats, but I've never really tried or seen the difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, a guy a guy I knew and I played with in college had ones where you could slide the plastic cleats or the metal on the bottom and they were replaceable. And mm-hmm. he was a goalie, so I think that's the only reason he could pull that off. I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea, man. <laughs> I, think those, I think those shoes are going to fall apart like when you're playing. Um, and then what are some, we kind of talked about the difference of games now, but, you know, what are some of your pregame rituals and have any of those changed during COVID just because of, you know, different venue, different rules, whatever?
2: Um, I don't have like pregame rituals, but like I have like superstitions, I guess. So like before the game or like when I'm putting my stuff on, I have to put my left shin garden before my right and my right cleat on before my left.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's good that's good to know. You have a good pattern. Sophia, yeah. what's your what's your pregame ritual like?
1: Um, I'm not a very like superstitious person because also I feel like if I started one, I might forget sometime and then I get in my head that I forgot. So I just put all my stuff on. <laughs> just normally. Yeah,
2: and
0: just play the game.
1: That's,
0: yeah. It's a it's like very that's a good confident answer, Sophia. It's I mean it's not it's not kooky and interesting. It's just you go play the game. That's great. Um, obviously, so, and then back to kind of related to those, you know, those those rituals, but also just the fact that, you know, the Gophers are playing in a new venue. You're in the rec dome. Other programs are making those adjustments and as well, um, but that's led to some funky scheduling even early in the year. I mean, the fact that your Michigan State game got delayed out until Monday So that meant you traveled, I'm assuming Wednesday for a game Mm -hmm. you played on Thursday. Then you had literally all day, Friday, Saturday and Sunday to just be crushing it, hanging out in Michigan and -hmm. you didn't play until Monday. So for those of us who don't like don't have to go through that kind of a logistical trek, or, you know, for a standard college student who doesn't have to do that. Just walk through, what are your days actually like when you're just living on that road trip where I'm assuming there's some level of homework you have to have to maybe catch up on, but then some training, but you're in between games, so it's not intense training. So walk mm-hmm. through what your very stretched out, bizarre Michigan Cup road trip was like.
1: Sure. Um... Honestly, it went pretty fast, in my opinion, but there was a lot of downtime. Um, There's a lot of, like, we'd, like, bus to COVID testing, bus back. Um, And we had, like, a conference room in one of the hotels where we would, like, do our homework and stuff. So, like, that was nice. Um, Definitely a lot of eating, some snacks, meals. (laughs) That's kind of what made up the day and training. And then, like, I mean, almost everyone's classes are, for the most part, online so like like people had zooms and stuff like that but it wasn't too bad missing class at least for me
2: yeah it wasn't bad for me either i only had to miss one class um but all the rest of mine are um, online so it was just a lot of downtime and just grinding out homework and getting caught up on lectures and a lot of eating a lot of eating And, um, it was nice. We kind of like, the weather was nice in Michigan. So I kind of went on a lot of walks. Me and a couple of the other girls kind of walked around campus, like Michigan's (laughs) campus. It was nice. Very, very big, but it was nice. Yeah. Just like a lot of, a lot of downtime.
0: Well, and I suppose, like you mentioned, certain things are actually easier. If all classes are already online, then there's less difference when you're on the road compared to a regular year where maybe then, you know, uh, Kyle or that you know the academic staff are really working overtime to get you connected but if you're already used to doing everything online I guess there's not that big of a difference Mm -hmm. in terms of like killing time and watching shows and all that kind of stuff is there anything that like the entire team is obsessed with or is it more like small clicks obsessed with random other shows movies books whatever
2: yeah I think everyone's kind of like I mean everyone really likes The Bachelor I think so a lot of people probably watch that I'm not sure I'm not really into it but
0: are are people right is it because there's a Minnesotan on it or is it just a very good guilty watch any any year?
2: Probably just every year, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't
0: know. No, okay. There's because it's yeah, it's it's especially also seems like I don't know if there's like sort of less hanging out at each other's places because you know you want to stay within your sort of residential bubble but just like whose roommates with who has always been like something that pops up on social media and jumps in has that been is that like an even bigger deal now because you're at home so much more has that been like a it seems like there's smaller crews than before i feel like i used to see mm-hmm. random giant apartments or like giant houses of people but i don't it seems like it's smaller bubbles
1: Yeah, we just room with, like, our roommates on the road. Mm -hmm. I think just, like, because, like, COVID, it like, we're already living with them. So it's, it's, like, trying to keep our bubble a little bit smaller. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And so, and in terms of, we talked a little bit about the, you know, the practices on the road and trying to deal with that. You both are really kind of asked to do two different things in terms of your role on the team. You know, Sophia, you're one of... I think, four players who's played every minute of every game. So you're already, you know, trying to earn that Iron Woman role right from right from the beginning. And Sadie, you are really asked to come in and bring just like ridiculous intensity in those bursts where you're sort of just like a never ending motor out there where it's just such high temp all the time. But you both, you know how has that training for you changed now after going through so much of just only the training cycle where I'm sure it sort of builds and tapers in a much more ordered way, whereas now you actually have the sort of brutal gauntlet of college, you know, two games a weekend that have just kicked off. Does that just mean, you know, there's far less full speed training and you're doing a lot more sort of walkthrough and film stuff or what's the, how has that changed sort of when even like this week, as a crazy example, you didn't play till Monday. So Tuesday's your off day. I'm getting you on the day before. I'm sure you barely did anything this week. So how has that changed from working your butts off, trying to grind super hard and stay in really good shape. And now it's like, we just need to rest up before the next game. Talk about how that sort of transition.
2: Yeah. So usually the practices before a game are super, super like light, just walk through, just kind of scouting the other team and like, seeing, like, who, like, players to watch out for and stuff like that. And then we'll do just, like, two, like, super short, like, short sided games. So it's just it's just not a lot. But especially, like, this week, we only have one practice and then a game and then a practice and then another game. So, like, we're not really getting a lot of, like, high-intensity training, which is fine because we're getting it with the game. But um, usually I'd probably say, like, our Tuesday maybe, practices might be a little higher but i guess we haven't really had one yet because games just started but I don't, I don't know they've been like they're still like high intensity practices obviously we're all competing a lot and going after each other but it's just super light compared to like what we were doing in preseason
0: is it and is it harder than like sophia if that's the new reality then is it harder to sort of game prep when you don't actually get a chance to try stuff out or are you like hey I've practiced like every day of my entire life. I'm fine being chill, like between
1: games. Um, I don't know. I guess it's like a little bit of both, like part of me between games. is like, oh, I want to play more, but Mm -hmm. I, I know it's like the wrong thing to do and stuff. And so I guess it's like a little bit of both, but I think just like being able to like trust the preparation before. And like, when we do have like moments to play in practice, just trying to take advantage of it, even if it's for a shorter duration. Mm-hmm.
0: And and also you guys, I just realized, I forgot that there's a comment section on this video. So we have questions that have come in during the show. So we are gonna pivot <laughs> to that. We are gonna be so innovative. The the. When we did the Gopher preview show, Sophia, the only comment was from my brother giving uh, giving me crap for bringing up my college kicking career. So there wasn't <laughs> anything interesting then. But it's this is actually more interesting. A, a random viewer, I believe her name is Paige Elliott, <laughs> is, is asking, Sadie, how would you feel scoring the first goal this season?
2: I felt good. It felt really good to score. I mean, we like I said, we've been working on finishing a lot and trying to find the back of the net. So like to finally be able to do that felt really, really good. Mm -hmm.
0: I think, I mean, in terms of finishing, I have always, like the Gophers have always had some level of struggle with finishing. I've I've (laughs) joked with coach about this. It's because there's not really any fu. I'm taking the ball players on the team. She has said, "Well, yeah, those players typically do not stick around, so I do not recruit those types of players. Mm-hmm. You all are too nice of people. That is that is a problem. So I'm glad nice people can score. Sadie, you prove that that's good. We
2: have
0: another, we have another one again from a random viewer uh, that obviously none of us know. Uh, Paige Elliott. Sadie, Sadie and Sophia, is there any special food you have to eat before a game? That's a great question.
2: Um, and
0: this is especially interesting because I saw SJ on Instagram Insta-storying about getting a pregame meal at like 4.30 a.m. on your Monday game. Uh-huh. And also, you all have a Saturday night game, which I don't think I've ever covered for the Gophers before, so that I, yeah. Is there a certain food that you need to get or like a certain amount of time beforehand that you eat? This is great Corey content that we're getting here.
1: <laughs> um, I mean, kind of just depends on the day and what I'm feeling like, but one of my favorite breakfasts is, um, I kind of made it up myself. It's like peanut butter toast with banana and egg on it. Okay. So if I had a like choice, normally that's what I'd go for, but most restaurants don't really like carry that all together. So I kind of have to innovate sometimes.
0: You're Sophia, you are so obviously just trying to tease your cooking show that we're going to do eventually. You're not being subtle at all. We know what you're doing. You're trying to get viewers for your content. We get it. So, Sadie, is there anything in particular you like to eat before games?
2: Um, I'm kind of a peanut butter toast girl too.
0: Oh my gosh. This is like, I didn't, this is like a thing. Is this like everyone on the team?
2: I mean, peanut butter, avocado toast, I think are kind of a big hit on the team. Yeah. You can't really go wrong with it. No. That's good. Maybe,
0: maybe Maddie Castro and I will eat some peanut butter (laughs) avocado toast to try and get in the vibe on Thursday. That's great. Um, we have, let's see. Oh, another, another question here from, from Kevin powers, long time, uh, player, uh, parent, fan, is intro music still a thing during COVID times? So during, when the starting lineups at ELR, you know, the starters would get announced. And when you go through the tunnel of teammates, you have your own little song is what would be, or is your walkout song if you were, you know, starting the game tomorrow?
1: We did pick them, but I don't think they play so well on the um, rec speakers.
0: Well, well, let's let's just say too, we're holding out hope that your last three games can be played. I will openly telling people we want to play those games at TCF Bank Stadium. We want to get the big house. I want to be able to call a game from there. I want to be able to watch you all in there, and then the speakers would be great. So let's third to last game. You're running through the teammates. What song is blaring?
1: Maybe you'll just have to wait and <laughs> see them. Oh! <laughs>
0: we're keeping it under wraps Kevin you are not getting this answer we're gonna have to wait and see and 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 Sadie we're gonna have to lobby for a role change you're gonna have to be an impact bench player but uh, but as a starter we're gonna have to switch up your minutes you can still play your short bursts, but now we need you coming in at the beginning (laughs) or or maybe in the broadcast I'll pull my iPhone up and play whatever song you want there you go there you go we have another completely neutral viewer um, asking a question. Um, Sadie, does grandpa inspire you?
2: Oh. Yes, he inspires me. I get phone calls from him every day. My grandma yells at him for calling me every day, but I love it. I love when he calls me every day. But my grandma was just like, Bradley, quit calling her. She's so busy. I'm like, no, grandpa, call me. i like it. I like to talk to you.
0: I need, yes, I need-
2: he, he inspires me.
0: I need to expand the way I talk about the player parents and start saying parents and grandparents because I believe Kenna's grandmother also was one of our winners of a Twitter giveaway. And it was like so <laughs> thrilling. I think Dixie, Dixie Biesman, I think won one of our ticket giveaways on Twitter. So good for her. So Grandparents are thriving in this environment.
2: They are, they are.
0: Well, and one thing I do like to ask because we just aren't able to feature, you know, as many players as I wish we could, you know, every single week. Are there any players that we haven't seen get a ton of action in games that have been looking good at training or anyone who's really been sort of um, busting their butt or working hard or just showing well in training that might eventually get a shot and we should sort of keep our eyes up for it? or even anyone who has been playing who just always, you know, sets a good example in training that deserves some shout out
2: um i mean laney she's just an animal at practice she is an absolute animal and beast at practice so i'd give a shout out to her for sure
1: yeah me too honestly anyone though like there's yeah. no one that wouldn't you know doesn't give their all the time and no is it yeah
2: everyone works just so hard at practice i give a shout out to everyone honestly but laney <laughs> has really been standing out to me, apparently,
1: to me. yeah, yeah. No, i agree
0: you're all such nice teammates and friends. I never get any individual, like you're all just like, everyone's so good. You're, you're all just such nice people. It's, we never get good dirt on these shows. The, although we we will finish, Sadie, we will finish. I, I teased this earlier. I don't know how much the rest of the team is tracking this Bowman Duong cooking situation. I don't know how front of mind this Instagram account is. I don't know if this is like, if everyone's checking this regularly. Um, we heard that maybe there was like a, a pseudo like chopped, like simulation. I so, Sophia and Katie basically admitted they want to go all the way to the food network. So they're ready to do this thing. But so I, I will say here, and I can't remember if I said it during the gopher preview show, I think equal time soccer, I am going to try and produce a live version of this cooking show and we are going to try and do it. But Sadie, When that happens, other than these these famous toasts that everyone loves, is there are there any dishes you think we should challenge Sophia and Katie to make or like staple meals? Because I I know Corey used to do this thing where he would tweet pictures that players sent him of them basically proving to him that they're eating well. Are there any sort of staples and team favorites that we should make them uh, cook for that that production?
2: I don't know because when I look at their page it's just like all oh, such healthy foods. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I mean uh, I don't know one of my go-to meals especially when I'm home is like salmon, potatoes and like asparagus. But I feel like you guys could easily cook that. So I don't That's,
0: know. That That sounds great. I don't <laughs> but also yeah, I maybe the the problem is we wouldn't have people there to test it live, so we can't you know we can't fully judge it other than looks, which yeah. is important. Yeah, you know, the plating is the main thing we'd be judging. Uh, but I mean, Sophia, do you think you could crush a salmon, potatoes, and asparagus? Is that too easy, or would that be a good option for us?
1: I think that's a that's a good option. Um, <laughs> yeah, I need a recipe, but I think I could pull it off.
0: I, I also, I mean, I also think, frankly, the most surprising thing to me is that the shared account existed, but you two are not roommates. Like, I very much assumed that you did it because you were always cooking together or something. And then I was messaging Katie about something else, or I I asked her one time, and I was like, hey, if we tried to do a video about this, could we just bring, you know, do I need to get tripods, whatever? She said, yeah, we don't live together. And I was like, wait, do you guys always like, Insta live each other. Do you Facetime each other and cook?
1: No, normally it's just. I will say my game's lacking a bit. Katie's been a little bit better at um making cool things and posting about them. But it's just like if any of us made like a cool dinner that looks cool or is unique, then we would just like take a picture and post it. I will say though, I need to get a little bit better. It's it's been a while since one of mine have been featured. This so. One?
0: Well, you'll have your you'll have your chance live. I think, I think for for viewers to preview, we may attempt it next week because there's there's only one game all the way on Sunday, so we may attempt a midweek production. There's going to have to be a lot of prep work done on my part and the players' part, but we may attempt that. I will stop babbling about different food dishes. Sadie Harper, Sophia Bowman, both of the Gophers mm-hmm. of the Michigan State goal fame connected for the first goal in the gopher season gophers are 1-1-1 and exactly at 500 but they have a homestand this weekend the game is at 1pm against Northwestern on Thursday if folks are listening to this afterwards that's probably today and then the game on Saturday night at 8pm playing under the lights in the bubble dome and uh, thank you so much for being
2: here you guys.
1: Thank you for having yeah. us. Yeah thank you.